Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Covering the Orioles the only way we know how as fans. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Today on the show, the Orioles have been in first place for 100 days. Buck Showalter is pretty good at getting wins, and this year the trade deadline got a little personal. Buckle up, birds, be ready to ride. Your host, Matt Joshua Bird, are ready to fly. Baltimore's best, Section 336, the number one sports broadcast gets your fix. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck, our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases. This is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Section 336. This is episode 175 for August 2nd, and I am joined by Eric from Barstool Sports, Barstool RDT on Twitter. Eric, how's it going? Good, good. We're, we're doing all right. You know, got that trade deadline uh, out of the way, so I guess we kind of know who, who's going to be with us for the rest of the year. But uh, yeah, I've been, been doing all right. Oh, I don't, I don't think this trade di- deadline means anything about finishing off who's going to be here. Well, that, that's true, but I, I think we know some of the, the major pieces. But yeah, we know, uh, we, what did we say? We needed an outfielder, we needed a left-handed arm, we somehow got both. I guess. Every, yeah, I know the internet wants Chris Sale. But for, for Ryan Flaherty and, right. and Ibaldo, but right. that's not going to We're not going to get that. We got some good moves that we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, we've got Dan filling in for the intern today. How's it going, Dan? Oh, Dan's mic's not working. That's my fault, though. I don't know why it's not working. I'll have to bring him in studio later. So, intern probably sabotaged it. <laughs> but I do want to start out with our Trumbo t-shirts that we keep pushing, that I'm sure you've seen us push online. And they are, as we said the past few weeks, they are now available at all Mother's locations if you want to get a black one. And if you want to get a black or an orange one, you can get them on section336.com. So head on over there and get your Trumbo Make Baltimore Great Again. And whenever Trumbo hits a home run, the t-shirts go on sale. So if he hits one during the game today, it'll go on sale for the rest of today and tomorrow. So that's what's been going on. Uh, Matt is still in Africa. I talked with him a little bit today. It was fun to send him the text message that said, Brian Mattis started in (laughs) Chicago. And now is no longer employed. Thankfully, a few seconds later, I could text back, he sucked, (laughs) and he got DFA'd. But, I mean, still, to, to work your way for the Cubs to give you a try, it says people don't trust the Orioles. Pitching development? They, you know, maybe the Cubs thought that they were, they were going to get lightning in a bottle twice, and it didn't work out like that. I mean, lightning in a bottle, I guess Arietta you can classify as lightning in a bottle. But how about the fact that any Oriole pitcher who leaves pitches well? Gonzalez pitches well for the White Sox. Bud Norris is doing well and turned his career around. Hamels. 
Miguel Gonzalez, not Miguel Gonzalez, uh, Jim Johnson was being talked about during the trade deadline. He was player of the week in the NL yeah, uh, this, I mean, last week. I mean, you, you leave Baltimore and you learn how to pitch. Cutter. I, I, cutter. I, I wasn't even going to bring up the cutter. It's but the yeah, cutter. Yeah. Some people may say the cutter. But, uh, hey, we had a rough series in Toronto. But how big was that win to get on uh, on Sunday afternoon? The extra inning. Six to two win. Yeah, that it was big. I mean, because you you kind of got over that hump. I feel I feel like every year there's like a place that's like a house of horrors for Baltimore. It used to be it used to be like when they went to Texas to visit the Rangers. It used to be when they would go to Anaheim. They just couldn't beat the, them no matter what. And I feel like this year and last year it's been Toronto, and they just manhandle the Orioles every time. Um, but I, I, that's a huge one. I mean, you know, and just kind of just to pound them in extra innings too. You had the Jones home run, which kind of put the exclamation mark on it, and that was a. Uh, that was awesome to see. Yeah, but you, yeah, you can say we we suck in Toronto, but the whole reason we suck in Toronto is because Toronto's a really good team this year. Oh, they're very good, and, and, and they started out slow, and everyone right. kind of oh well, they're done. It's going to be a two team race, and they've that's the team that scares me. Boston doesn't really scare me. Toronto because they can hit. You know, they're, I think their their pitching's pretty pretty good, and uh, you know they added Liriano, and you know and no one, was the, that that doesn't really no one in the L- AL East has great pitching. Mm-mm. But everyone's better than the Orioles pitching. Uh, probably not. Not the Rays. Uh, the, <laughs> the teams right, in the teams right, in contention. Red yeah. Sox and and, Blue and the Jays. Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah. The, the Yankees have given up for the year. Yeah, they're done. But were the Yankees the big winners at the trade deadline? I think so. Because they got a lot of draft picks. I think the, the a lot of young guys. I think the Rangers win the draft or win the uh, trade deadline this year. But looking forward, the next two three years, I think the Yankees easily won that just because of all their prospects i think they have like six of the top 50 prospects now i don't know i don't know how many in the top 100 maybe eight or nine but they're and they're, they already said that they're going to start calling those guys up soon aaron judge um big big hitter down there um their catcher sanchez some guys like that so they 2018 2019 look out for them i, I think the yankees are going to be back and i'm not looking too forward yeah, to yeah espn did you see the espn article today i, I didn't even have to read it just because i was on my timeline and it was flooding it well when your first sentence is picture this the 2018 yankees or 2019 i forget which year manny machado at third bryce harper in center field or mm-hmm. whatever i think it was arenado at short too yeah, i yeah, think yeah. i saw in there and then Sure, ESPN is is they're catering to their market. They're mm-hmm. catering to the New York market that sees, all right, my team's given up for this year. I don't need to pay attention to ESPN anymore. So they're clearly saying, hey, look at us. We're going to start looking at how you, you you can still build a super team. They they know what gets the clicks there. Right. If they see if someone sees Yankees Harper Machado in one sentence, they're going to click on that. Right. Right. So. Yeah. All you complaining that ESPN never pays attention to the Orioles or yeah. Manny Machado. There, there you go. go. Yeah. That, right what, there. That's what you've been asking for. Yep. You wanted. Yeah. You wanted it. Now right. you got it. Right. And then you, now now they're complaining that they don't yeah. like it. You want them to wa- you want them to pay attention and praise Manny. Saying Manny is going to be a future New York Yankee is a praise for Manny Machado. That's true. Yeah. It's not a praise for the Orioles, but it's a praise for Manny Machado. Yeah, and it's just like the it's just like the power rankings. You're never happy with the power rankings. Yeah, stop caring what ESPN I, says. I, that's what I and I get people every week that tweet me. Like I think it was last week the the Orioles they just beat the Red Sox in a series and then they swept the Indians, and ESPN put them behind the Red Sox and the Indians in the power rankings. And I had people tweeting me like, "Can you believe this? Can you?" <laughs> yeah, I can believe it. It's ESPN. Like, and right. I don't. The power rankings don't mean anything. Like, no. what is that? What are they? Is that how they get seated in the playoffs? It doesn't matter. Like, that they do that just to get people riled up and for so people can get mad on the internet and comment on it and and they win. Yeah, I had this idea uh, last year when the Orioles weren't so good 
that I would do post section three thirty six power rankings every week, and always them, with the Orioles at the top. Yeah. So then I just cater straight to the fan. Exactly. Well, yeah, it's someone. It's someone's opinion. If they think that the Red Sox are better than the Orioles, okay, right. that's fine. That doesn't it. change my thought. Right. My thing. My you know and my thinking what? on it. Cleveland's a really good team. Toronto's a really good team. If they put them ahead, no big deal. Those no. are good teams. Remember, the Orioles were picked to not have a chance yeah. this year for anything. I think they need what ten more wins to match the Sports Illustrated. Uh, projection total, total, yeah yeah right. 69 wins that, that that was my favorite i i tried to tweet that out every few uh every few games now keeping gonna, the updated uh win total we're gonna break down these uh these trades in a little bit with the ariana Air, ariel miranda for uh miley wade miley and then jonah heim for steve pierce we're gonna actually have jonah heim's dad james heim on the on the phone in a few minutes uh the heim family has been like Super friendly, the three three six, and I'm. Uh, I put in my. I wrote my little quick take yesterday, and I put that I haven't had a trade like that. I look at and it's like, oh, that's people, not not parts to yeah. a. It's parts not a, it's to not a, a baseball card. Yeah, exactly. And so that that made it a little hard. Clearly, Steve Pierce makes the Orioles better this year, and I hope that it gives Jonah Heim a chance to kind of get to the majors a little quicker because we have a lot of catchers in the Orioles organization, but. I want to first look at the. Uh, it's funny. I, I after we bash ESPN, I want to look back at ESPN. Let's do it. Did you see this uh, t- post by Dan Zimmer Zimberski? Yes, yeah, Z- Sim- yeah, Zimberski. Like, he does zip projections and stuff for ESPN. I saw it. I don't really know what I'm looking at. All right. I'm not a big graph and numbers and stuff like that. Yeah, there's I, definitely I kinda some s- numbers. I skimmed through but, it. So here's what he did. He took all the teams and their chance of making the playoffs. So I think like the Orioles' chance was like 58% or something. Mm -hmm. So he took what their chances were on Sunday versus Monday. So the the trades that they made, how much is that going to affect that team's playoff chances? Mm -hmm. And uh, clearly when you're making a move in this time of year, especially if it's a rental – Neither of our guys are rentals. They both have options for next year, mm-hmm. I believe. I'm think not so. sure about Steve Pierce. I know I th- Wade I th- Miley does. Pierce may be. I think Pierce was a one-year deal. Right. But especially when you go for rentals, like uh, like Chapman. Cubs grab Chapman. That's a clear rental. Yeah. A few years ago, we got Andrew Miller. That's mm-hmm. a clear rental. So the question is, how much does, especially the rental, help you this year win and your playoff chances? And clearly... For a team like the Yankees, they got rid of their best guys, so their playoff chances went down. Now, out of all the teams, so the Cubs, they raised theirs by 0.2%. So 0.2. Now, that that looks like they didn't do much mm-hmm. for Chapman. So I don't understand because I guess Chapman's not – they're going to make the playoffs no matter what. Yeah. Is what it's looking at for the Cubs. And they made a Chapman move to – to help the team in the in the postseason, not to get yeah, to the yeah, postseason. Th- that, they're already lined up to get to the postseason. That's for October. That's not for August and September. Right. Right. So a lot of people were praising this stat today because he ranks the Baltimore Orioles as the biggest increase in playoff change, saying that bringing Wade Miley and Steve Pierce to the Orioles increases their playoff chance by 6.8%, higher than anyone else that made moves. And But that's – is that telling that the Orioles – have a, still have a rough chance to get the playoffs or still have a hard path or is it saying that okay these were good moves by Dan Duquette made or a little both 
I, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, this it's kind of hard to read. Like this, I mean, the stat doesn't take into effect Kimbrel coming back for the Red Sox. Like you know, they that that's kind of like a trade for them. They activated him, I think, yesterday. He pitched, got the save for them last night, so he's back. Tozawa's back is back for that for that for them them. But but that doesn't that's not reflected in there. They need them bringing up um Benedetti or whatever his name is. Their their top prospect. That's that's not reflected in here. That could definitely alter the you know who makes the playoffs in the East. Um, and I don't know. I mean, is that six point eight percent that change? Is that because the Orioles added a lefty? Like, does it not matter that it's Wade Miley? Does that just does them having a lefty in their rotation just make them that much better? I don't think so. It's, I, yeah, it's, but I don't know. It, it's weird. I think it's someone because, as we've said many times, the Orioles don't have a real fourth or fifth guy, mm-hmm. and he actually is a guy who legitimately belongs in a rotation. Yeah. So if you, if however many games are left, sure you can say he's going to give you six percent. Steve Pearson, maybe his bat, when the bats are really struggling, he's got a decent bat and hits lefties really good. Yeah. That's going to give you another increase. But the key is, that's the chance to make the playoffs. It's mm-hmm. not talking. We want to know how much does this increase our World Series chance. Yeah, yeah. Get, getting the playoffs is fine. Don't get me that's wrong. Good. I want Don't get that. me wrong. 2014, 2012 is great. But we're obviously still missing the yeah. big thing. Yeah, you, you obviously need to get to the playoffs and to have a shot to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. But I think this team's already built to get to the playoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, September, October is going to be really fun baseball because the wild card is going to be AL East teams. Mm-hmm. And there's a good chance that those two AL East teams who play the one-game playing game then have to go play another AL East team. Yeah. It's going to be very fun AL East baseball and hopefully not in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that place is insanely loud during the regular season. This year, I think last year too, they've kind of got the crowd behind them. I would not want. I mean, I just remember watching the Joey Bats, the bat flip game last year, and it was like, it it, it was it was like a college atmosphere. Um, it was insane. I'm a little jealous of the Blue Jays and their fan base. Not uh, not their fan base. I love that that stadium is packed. It's it's awesome. Good. It's, it's good for them. That and that reflects cool. that reflects on the fans. I think you know they kind of went. They were middle of the pack team. They were never very bad, but I mean they had some. St- they had, they were good in the in the two thousand. They had Roy Holiday and all that. So Carlos Delgado. They had yeah, some but, fun teams to watch. But they spent money the past two years, and the fans have came out and said, uh, yeah. "We'll support you." Now, sure, yeah. they've got an entire country supporting. That's them. true. That's the only thing for them to do up there. Right, now right. that they're, you know the Raptors are I mean, out. It's and, not hockey season. It's not basketball season. I don't know what else you do in Toronto. I but. think, uh, what is the Canadian Football League? I don't know when that starts. I don't know, but Maybe I'm, a big, training I'm camp. a big fan of the CFL. I really enjoyed the CFL uh, Stallions. Uh, see, I, I feel like I only know the Argonauts, and that's about it. So, as I mentioned earlier on the show, the Orioles made a trade, as you know by now, uh, for Steve Pierce from Tampa Bay Rays and sent down Jonah Heim from the Frederick Keys, who will now be down in Port for the Port Charlotte Stone Crabs. And my understanding is that he is on the road now, driving down. So, as many of you know, if you listen to 336, the Heim family has been very nice and are awesome people. And they've been awesome to Section 336. And Matt and I have gotten to go hang out with them in a nice torrential rainstorm at uh, the Key Stadium. And joining us on the phone now is Jonah's father, Jamie. How's it going, Mr. Heim? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're all right. We're good. We're good. So you, you and I, uh, we we tweet back and forth uh, regularly, and I think um, we kind of just watching. And and you've mentioned before how how you you hold your breath when you hear that the Orioles are, are making moves, 
or your concern because you oh so that and we've talked a lot about like the whole draft process and how you have loved the Orioles loved Dan Duquette love watching Jonah move in this organization so I read today that the first phone call Jonah made was to you how was that phone call um it was it was okay um it was weird because Jonah never calls me so um knowing that it was the trade deadline and um well you know what was going on when the, the second the phone rang I I kind of knew what it was about so I just I answered the phone and I went oh no <laughs> and then he said yeah I just been traded to the Tampa Bay Rays and it was kind of a very emotional very unreal moment I guess you know because I just we there was no indication or no anything to happen, you know that was going to happen. So it was just very weird and very emotional, and it was very. I was sad because I wanted to see Jonah, you know, progress through the O's because I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Orioles, and uh, so it was. It was uh, rough. I actually had to say, okay, I got to go. <laughs> I'll call you back when I can compose myself. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> so. sounds like you might have taken it a little harder than Jonah. Um. Yeah, you know, Jonah, it was funny because, like, we, he called me. I'm like, oh, man, I, I can't. We got to get. And it's weird because Monday night I played in this golf league, and he called me right before golf league started, and I had, like, a thousand things on my mind. I'm like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, let me, let me just go. Give me a minute to process all this, and then I'll call you back. And then um, <clears throat> when I called him back, he, he told me he was standing in front of his locker, just staring at his locker, not knowing, you know, he was like, well, what am I doing? What do I do now, you know? Right, right. And I said, well, man. I just said to him, you know what, I mean, you pack up your stuff and you move forward. I mean, this isn't a bad thing. This is actually a really good thing, you know. Someone traded for you. They wanted you, you know. You're, you were doing good enough to be a return and, and a deal. So, Yeah, that, that's true. That that Tampa thinks highly enough of Jonah that they, that they wanted him and, and asked specifically for him uh, for a guy like Steve Pierce. So for major league talent, you're being traded. Yeah, that's what I told him. Like, man, he got traded for a big leaguer. You know, it's not. Man, it's it's a big deal. I mean, I know he's gonna he's gonna pack up. He's gonna move. He's gonna, you know, he knows the Oriole organization. He doesn't know anybody in the Tampa Ray, uh, Tampa Bay Ray organization. So, you know, it's a big it's a big it's gonna be a big change for him. But he's a big boy now, and he's very composed. You know, he's a very composed young man. And I think he'll do fine. He'll go in there. He carries himself well. You, you've, you've met him, Josh. He's yes. got a good presence about him. He, you know, he carries himself well. He'll walk in that room and he'll, he'll make his, you know, he'll walk in the room and introduce himself, and it'll be right back at work for him. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it for his sake. You know, sometimes change is good, and we'll see in this case how it works out for him. Yeah, it sounds like the worst part for him is that he has to make that drive down. <laughs> yes, that was uh, that's not going to be fun. Um, yeah, because you know there's a there's a train that goes from Virginia down to Orlando, and he he could have taken the train, but he you know days notice probably would have cost him a fortune to get on the train. So that's what he said. He's like, oh, I got to drive now. Yep. That, that, so but, that's the difference of minor league ball. Yeah, <laughs> but you know they they were really cool. They called them. They're uh, they're equivalent of the, the minor league um, director 
Um, ours is Brian Graham. I don't know who the Tampa Bay Ray guy is. And um, they called him yesterday and said, hey, look, just get here safe. Take two days if you need to. You know, they were just really looking forward to him getting down there and, and um, you know, seeing what he's got. Yeah, uh, have you had a chance to look at the strength of the of the Tampa Bay Catchers organization? I know uh, the Orioles have been known to have a bunch of catchers in the minors, and I'm hoping that this gives Jonah a uh, better chance to work his way up a little quicker. No, I didn't. I looked quickly at like their top thirty prospects, just like the Orioles have a top right. thirty. You know, Jonah was on the top thirty, and I looked at the Rays' top thirty, and um. It, there's a few catchers that I won't, I mean, there's a few at the bottom end, you know, um, Nick, I don't want to even mess up his last name. He was their first round pick the same year Jonah was drafted. I think it's okay. Kofu. And, um, you know, so he's there. And then they took a kid like in the second round in 2015, a catcher. Um, so, I mean, they have quite a few, you know, it looks like they got quite a few, but we'll see. I mean, if he goes down there and does what he can do, um, He'll be fine. He'll move through the organization. You know, he's a good catch and throw guy. We all know that. Yes. And as as far as the back comes, it's it's gonna come. You know what I mean? He's um he's a high school drafted kid out of Buffalo, New York, who played one month a year. You know, so this is the most he's played in his professional career. Injured last year, forty five games total. So I'm sure he's just feeling the effects of a full season right now. And um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know. I think the bat will come around enough that with his ability to catch and frame and block and throw, he doesn't have to hit 280. I mean, he can be a 250 guy, hit you 15 bombs, and, you know, he's a solid everyday receiver in the big leagues. Yeah, well, well now I think he will be winning every time he calls you about the weather. <laughs> every every time. Yeah, yeah, it's – um It'll be cool. And you know what? And it could have been worse, right? I mean, he could have been traded out to like, and these are no offense to these cities. It's just like a distance thing for us because we're East Coast. Right. Like, he could have been traded to Seattle. He could have been traded to the San Diego. He could have been traded, you know, all the way West Coast. And then, you know, it's tough. You know, he stayed on the East Coast and I stayed in the AL East, which is it's cool, man. I'm a fan of the AL East. This is, um, the baseball we grew up watching, you know, it's the baseball he grew up watching. So it's good. It's good for him to stay, you know, in the East. And, you know, Tampa's a good spot for him, I think. You know, they're a rebuilding organization. they got a lot of up-and-coming stars. they got a lot of, you know, upside in that organization, and we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm, you know, the next chapter, this isn't the end of the book. It's the We're still in Chapter 2 only, so we'll see how it goes from here. Yeah, it's really – it's exciting. Now – for you, when we talked, you showed me that you have an Oriole tattoo. Not going anywhere. I'm keeping that bad boy. I will always be grateful to the Orioles and the organization because they, you know, Jonah's a fourth-round pick, so every team had the opportunity to grab him, and, and the Orioles finally stepped up and did. So I'm glad. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'll get a Tampa Bay Ray tattoo. Maybe if Jonah makes it to the big leagues as a Ray, it might happen. But um, I'll wear it proud every day. I'm I'm wearing my Orioles gear right now. I'm watching the Orioles game right now. I mean, I'm I'm um, I'm married to this organization, um, for at least the rest of this year, and into the playoffs. And I'll root hard for them, and we'll see what next year brings. So so no love lost for Dan Duquette. No, no, I I respect Dan. You know he's got a hard job. He's got to try to put a team 
You know, he's got to get a team into the playoffs and then through the playoffs, too. It's not just making it for this team. This team's got a lot of money invested in a lot of really good players. And um, they got to make a run. You know, they got a lot of talented there, a lot of talent there. And, um, you know, they need to make a, a big run into the playoffs, I think. And it's, you got to do, when you're a player in the major leagues, well, when you're a player in any pro sport, I mean, it's part of the gig, right? I mean, there's always that chance you're, you're going to get cut or you're going to get traded. I mean, it's just. So you can't, I mean, you can't uh, blame the guy. He he did what he felt was best for the organization, and no love loss at all. I will I will always be thankful to that man. He drafted my son, so <laughs> I'm not. Yep. There's no. Um, it's just the way it goes. No, it's it's a it's a business, and now a bunch of Tampa Bay Rays fans get to learn about Jonah Heim and uh, his defensive uh, great work behind the plate. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how how it goes. Um, he's going to go down there. He's um, he was a little excited, and he was you know he wasn't um, he wasn't mad. He was just it was. I think it was more confusion and um, how would you put it? Like yeah, just the uncertainty of what's next. You know, that's always the biggest thing, right? Like, yeah. um, I got to go to where I don't know nobody. So I'm sure it'll take a few days, but once he gets settled in, he'll he'll show he'll show them down there. He's a hard worker. He'll go in there. He'll put in the work. I think the pitchers will love to throw to him, um, and he's and he's and he's good. So we'll see how it works out for him. All right, Jamie. Well, thank you for uh, calling in to Section Three Thirty Six uh, today, and thank hey. you. You've you've been uh, awesome, and your family is just awesome, and some of the friendliest, nicest people uh, we've met doing this. Hey, man, I really appreciate it. I'm I'm glad we got the chance to hang out, and we spent some time, quality time in the rain, waiting for a Manny Machado bobblehead. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, we're bonded for life there, brother. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see you around later. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. So there we go. How cool was that? That was neat. He I seemed mean, uh, he first off, he legitimately seems like a like a, a big Orioles fan. Not like oh, I've watched the Orioles. He it seems like he knows he knows what he's watching. So. No, when when Jonah got drafted, he got all in. Oh, really? And and think about when. Jonah got drafted a few years ago. That's the time to get in as an Oriole. Yeah, man. yeah. He was if, 2013, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was one of those years. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, he picked the perfect yeah, time. That's that's the time. That's the time to fall in love with this team. That's so true. it was it was awesome timing for his family. And seriously, they're the nicest people in the world. And he's, yeah, he's, he seemed like a genuinely nice guy. I, I sent him a message as soon as I saw the news about Jonah that that saying, "Hey," because I know I know it would hit him hard. Yeah, uh, as a fan of the organization. Now I'm looking real quick. I'm looking at the Rays minor league names. They have some fantastic names for their teams. You got the Durham Bulls in AAA, the Montgomery Biscuits, which is a fantastic AA logo. Um, they have the the Charlotte Stone Crabs, which where which is where Jonah is. The Bowling Green Hot Rods, and then the Hudson Valley Renegades. There's some good uh, some good minor league names. Where, where's Bowling Green? Is that like yeah, Kentucky? I think it's Kentucky. Yeah. That that's, that, uh, that that would be a rough place. Yeah, to I don't want to. Is, is that is that higher or lower? That's uh, cl- uh sh- 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 let me see. I think it's low A. I hope so. AJ, uh, hope Jonah never has to go to Bowling Green. That doesn't yeah. sound like a good place to go. Yeah, yeah, that's low A. All right, hey, good. I, I like their logo though. They All right, Jonah, good. keep it up so you don't have to be a hot rod. Yeah, be a biscuit. We I want to see him be a biscuit soon. All right, so that we we definitely we talked with Jamie. We didn't talk about the Steve Pierce side of the deal much. And what does Steve Pierce coming to the Orioles mean for this team? Um, it's huge for the fan base. Yeah, it's a big. It's, it's also a guy that the fans already love. It's a clubhouse thing too. I think he's. I think he's comfortable here. Um, the guys like him. I've heard that Buck absolutely loves him, and you can tell why. I mean, he's played. 
How many positions did he play for the Orioles last year? He's, he's Ryan Flaherty for the outfield. He's a Ryan Flaherty with, pow- with he also, more power. Yeah, can sneak into the infield. He yeah, is. yeah. He's he a, played he, second. He played third. He played first. You know, I'm sure he can play short. He's a super guy. Exactly, yeah. Um, I don't know what it means. It's not like this team. I don't team. want Steve Pierce at first. At short. Is that what you said? No, no, I'm saying no. I'm sure he could play there. Uh, it's, no, it's, thank you. It's kind of like the the rumor that Ryan Flaherty can catch. I'd like to see that. I don't want to because, oh, that, that, well, that either means the yeah. O's are up huge, Matt Wieters and Joseph are hurt in the uh, same game, yeah. or they're down big. Yeah, so, remember, yeah, we had that one game this year when Caleb got hurt. Mm-hmm. And Payne, and they, they had already or some I, I, we got really close to it was like we used weeders we used Pena or something yeah and we yeah got really close to Flaherty. I think it was that Yankees game and I was really hoping for he would get back there yeah just because I want to I want to cross off I another wanted position. to see how awesome Buck you know because I'm right. sure he has that in the back of his mind if that ever happens right, right. and I kind of wanted to see that I'm not plan. a huge Flaherty fan but I wanted that yeah that, that would have been interesting to see but um I, I think I think Pierce I mean it's not like they needed you know, a guy, a right-handed bat. They, I mean, they kind of they they have them. They have a good right-handed right-handed batters, but I think there's just another weapon for them. But if they, you know, he's now he can pinch it late in the game. Um, I, th- I think I would take him over Reimold. Maybe not in the field, but definitely at the plate. But we've always we've always said this team has enough enough bats on it that they'll, that they'll be okay. But we never pictured. That they might all get into a slump at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You f- and then we saw that for two weeks now. Yeah, you kind of figure that, you know, Jones will be hot, and that's kind of what it was. Jones and Hardy were hitting, but Manny's been bad. Uh, Trumbo's been bad. Davis has been awful. And, yeah, I mean, Caleb's been in a slump for 100 games now. Yeah, and I, I don't think we made this move if Joey Rickert wasn't hurt. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a way they we, make that. If we needed hurt. another outfielder. Mm-hmm. We were bringing up Alvarez and Borbin. Yeah, yeah. Neither of those guys. That, that that wasn't the answer. No. And I think they knew that. And so I'm not sure. I think we'll see those guys in September. Oh yeah, yeah. They'll be back up. But I think I hate to say it, but I think the Rickard injury happened at a good time. Because if this happened, if this if his injury happens today, that's yeah, we're it's stuck a whole with different. Bourbon. Exactly. Yeah. Who? Yeah. We. What was that outfield in one game in New York? I think they had Julio Bourbon, Rymold, and Flaherty yeah. in the outfield. And that <laughs> that's like. That's either a spring training roster or that's like a late 2009 outfield. That was not fun to watch. But, yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. I think um, the, in- the that, that move doesn't happen if, if Rickard catches that ball in New York and doesn't jam his thumb. Yeah. Well, I think it was worse than a jam. Like, well, yeah, well, that, that's it what it like seemed like. Energy, energy. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm not sure. I guess I guess Trevor Story has a similar injury, and he's out for the year. He's, he got surgery yeah. on it. So. Anytime that it's a finger injury, mm-hmm. it, that's like – Longer than like a day, it sounds horrible. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like one of the worst things you can you can have. That's very true. So, but yeah, I think Steve Pierce definitely makes this team better, um, and not just to get to the playoffs, but a help in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been crushing left-handed pitching. He's, I mean, he's doing pretty well against right-handed pitching too. I wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, maybe get some at bats versus righties over Pedro Alvarez. You know, if he's the Asian. Now, is this move Dan Duquette admitting that he made a mistake? Going with Rymel instead of Pierce in the off season. Um, I mean, we we could have gotten we could have gotten signed Pierce for three or four million in the off season. Instead, we went to Rymel because he was like a million bucks or something yeah, like that with I'm, arbitration. Not sure if it, it was um, 
him admitting it's a mistake. I mean, I'm sure Tampa didn't think they were going to be this bad. I mean, I remember sitting in here for the um, uh, Birdland Radio and reading that people were picking Tampa to win the division yeah, or at least sure. finish top two, maybe make a wild card. Yeah, they were supposed to be very good. So I'm sure they thought that he was going to, you know, he could be kind of a catalyst on that team and lead them to the playoffs. Things obviously went very bad down there. Right. Um, I don't think anyone up here even thought that they were that good. Um I don't. I don't know if it's him making saying that he made a, a mistake, but I think he saw a chance to make the team better, and he said, "Hey, this guy's a familiar face. He knows that you know. He knows the team. He knows the field. He knows Buck. Um, and I. Th- I think he's going to do better. Last year he struggled. I think because he played way too much. He's one of those guys who, you know, it's it's like a basketball player. If he's playing forty minutes a game, he's not going to be that good. If you have him in there, I don't know, 10, 12 minutes. If he plays, how many games are left? Sixty. Give him forty games. You know, so he's not tiring himself out and. Yeah, and he's still had, get into a rhythm. He's had injury problems mm-hmm. in his career and this season. I don't think the Orioles are in a different place now if they started the season with Pierce and Rickard on the bench. Yeah, over over Rimmel and Rickard. I yeah, I agree. I, with that. I, I think they're the same either way. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's just it's all injury based. Now let's get to the other trade: Ariel Miranda to Seattle. Who talk about? We were talking about Jonah having to drive down south. Ariel, I hope he doesn't have to drive uh, out to Seattle or Portland or wherever their minor league ball club is. I think they said he was going to get a chance to to fill Miley's spot in the rotation. So I don't know. He may just be going straight to Seattle. No way. I, I, I thought he's playing. He's been playing for the Bay Sox. I know. I, he's, been, I, he's been starting. I starting, can try and find it. But there's no way. I mean, I guess no Seattle's. Is Seattle he, playing decent baseball? I I'm just I just read 57 minutes ago. Manager uh, Scott Cervais, I don't know if that's his name, just says just require acquired left-handed pitcher Errol Miranda will be recalled from Tacoma to start Thursday versus Boston. So he's starting tomorrow. All right, that's or, Thursday. All right, well that's really cool. We're, yeah, good, talking, good, good for him. Yeah, we we're talking about Jonah and how it's cool for an organization to want you. It's really cool for an organization hey. to want you and bring you straight to the big leagues. We want you, and yeah, how about you come help us we, beat we, the Red Sox? We saw that two innings of relief you pitched for the Orioles, <laughs> which he did in fine. C- in Seattle, too. Was it in It was in Seattle, right. yeah. He did good. Did all right. So I, I don't think he gave up any runs. No, I think he gave he, up I think he gave up like three or four. Oh, did he? All right, never mind. Yeah, I know, he did have four Ks, so they were either hitting it hard or they weren't all touching right. it, so... Yeah, well, I mean, you know, good for him. And I'll tell you what, I'll be the biggest Ariel Miranda fan on Thursday night if he can beat the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. No, and uh, I don't think that. I, I like the kid. I, I enjoyed when he came up for the one game. Yeah. That, that was through that stretch where every day we had a different minor league relief pitcher. Yeah, that was, yeah. Now that was, that I think they got <laughs> swept in Seattle that, uh, that series. And yeah, so yeah, they obviously liked him or they saw something they liked. So, like I said, good, good yeah. luck. I was pretty sure that that week of a different reliever every day was Buck trying to show Dan, I've got no one. Hey, give me something here. I'm yeah, trying everyone. No one works. Get me someone. I need someone to work with. And he got Wade Miley. Left-hander, four or five starter. But key is he's actually a rotation guy. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that, that you can trust. He's a high four right now, ERA. Yeah. Like 490. F- 498, yeah. 498. So just under five, but he can give you innings. Uh I think he went seven innings against the Orioles, six or seven this yeah. weekend. He's been his past three outings have been really good. He went against the Cubs. I think over he had the nine K's, one hit. Yeah, yeah, and that was in like six or seven yeah. innings. And I mean, that's at Wrigley and versus that Cubs team. So you know, it's not like he's pitching in a big ballpark there. And I mean, they had they had their full lineup out there. So yeah, he was. I think I think in July he's actually been pretty good. I don't know his stats right now, but I think July was was easily his best right. month. So he he gives up the long ball. Yeah. 
uh, but all of our pitchers do. Yeah, that, that's a Baltimore thing. That's, uh, we're watching Dylan Muddy now, and so far he's made it through four innings without giving up the long ball yet. Without giving up a hit, too. So this is eerily similar to uh, last start where he well, went through five and didn't. Now you've done it. I'm calling, I'm calling a home run in th- the fifth inning. You think so? Thanks to your little jinx. Nice little. It'll be a hanging curve. All right. Or hang and change up because Matt Wieters is behind the plate, and then everyone will freak out that Matt Wieters caused too many high changeups. Uh, th- that that annoys me more than anything is how just the way that people beat up on Wieters for his defense and pl- and plate and, calling and, and pitch calling and, and stuff to say like that. that. They know he calls a bad game. Yeah, it's, how, it's, you don't know the pitcher. Everyone and their mother on Orioles Twitter seems to know that that Matt Wieters, you and, know, calls a terrible game and doesn't play good defense well. And they know, and they always know. What pitcher is feeling what pitch, mm-hmm. and what pitcher is comfortable with this in yeah. this situation? Yep, it, it's 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 that that's one of the weirdest things I've seen about Orioles Twitter is that everyone seems so to negative. know. Yeah, everyone seems to know everything about Matt Wieters and his defense and play and his uh, pitch calling. So, I that that, that bugs me a lot. Yeah, but yeah, we'll because see. Clearly. Caleb Joseph is not a everyday catcher. Yeah, yeah, that that he's made that pretty obvious he's, this year. He doesn't help our lineup. Sure, that by some fluke, the pitcher ERA is lower when he's behind the plate. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything with him. I agree. I mean, because... Look it, at the matchups. Look at the look at what, how often he's back there versus Matt, who's back there all the time. Yeah, he's back there six out of every seven games. And, he, I mean, he's making... Maybe Caleb stops some of the balls that get by, that get by Weeders, but Caleb's not throwing the guys out at the rate that that Weeders has been right so, I mean he threw out Desmond two innings ago last inning and yeah so. I'll give it Weeders has been a little banged up lately yeah yeah the the, the last few weeks have been rough for him but right. I mean it, it that, that whole catching um position has kind of taken I mean Weeders was hot for those few weeks and then he's kind of he's kind of come back down to earth but I mean you know over, but, overall I still like the whole all our catchers, and we talked about it with Jonah's dad, how the Orioles, it's like they just breed catchers. Every, it seems like every catcher they draft turns into a, de- a decent minor or major league player. Or, I mean, you know, that, that's what we've seen so far, and the guys in the minors right. are doing well. So. Right, right. And that was the inter- interesting thing with Jonah is Jonah, like Caleb, they always praised his defense. Mm-hmm. The bats will come. Right, right. And they say the bats will come. And then with Chancisco, they say he's got the bats. The defense, hopefully. Keep, yeah, and then they're like, it's hard to teach defense. Yeah. And there, there's talk of him moving positions. Yeah, that, I remember that last last year, and then you know this year he comes out and he makes the futures team, and um, I think he's played pretty well. I haven't seen him play this year, but he's done well offensively. Again, defensive struggles. It's just, I mean, it, say you move Chancisco, where are you going to move him? Can't move him to first because there's a log jam there too. Right, right. You know, does, is he athletic enough to move to the outfield? Uh, I think I, you look at him as a second base, third base. Okay. And you figure J.J. Hardy goes away in yeah. a few years. And so then you, you shift Manny to short. And you Move you chance. Can, you can move scope to third. If you need it, he's got the arm for third. Yeah, I know. Uh, they have a guy. I think there's a guy down to Frederick, too, who's um, mashing, and he can play. He's a pretty good third baseman, too. I don't, I'm not sure of his name, but, I mean, it, you know, kind of seems like a good problem to have. Yeah. No, it's definitely. And it's it's why when we were talking about the trade deadline, Chancisco's name was on that list because mm-hmm. he's having a good season. Yeah, guys guys want him, much like Jonah Heim. People, there are major league teams out there who see something in this guy and say, you know, we can work with him or we can we can make him into a first right. baseman. We can we can definitely do something with him. So so this weekend, less than 24 hours, we were out of first place for a little bit. We were half game back between that night game and, and afternoon game mm-hmm. in Toronto. Right now, as we record this and as the Orioles are playing – we are one game up on Boston and Toronto. 
it, Toronto's the guy that scares you, right? Not Boston. I, I, I Toronto definitely scares me. Um, I, Boston's always going to be there. I said earlier that I'm not really worried about them, but I, I mean, they can, they have the guys. They can go on a run. We've seen it before. But I think if a, if there's a team that's going to go on a run this year, I think it's going to be um, Toronto, like we've seen them in the last few years. Like I said, because their home field advantage, uh, just how they play there. Um, and their bats. I mean, Joey Bats has been garbage this year, and I'm just terrified to see him go on a streak for about two weeks where he rips off about eight or nine home runs. Hoping for an injury. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, he already had one. Uh, an, uh, a worse one. They, yeah, they wanted to keep him out a little longer. Yeah, they still say that his, his, he's now injury prone because of that throw last year. Oh, when he tried to, yeah, he tried to throw out Delman. That's, yeah. car- that's karma. Good. Good for him. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, t- Toronto scares me. The, the Boston, the thing with them, I think they have like 38 road games left or something like that. They have a ton of games left on the road. So do the Orioles. Well, yeah, well the, yeah the Orioles, but they, the Orioles, have, they also have, I think it's 20, <laughs> it was like 25 home games left. I mean, if they, I think I said if they win like 15, 18 games at home, and then if they can win like 18 of their last 30 on the road, I think that puts them right around like 93 or 94 wins. So that should put them in good position. I think that's easily doable for them to win a majority of their home games and play about 500 on the road, which is a little better than what they're at now. So right, right, we're at 59 wins now. Yeah, okay. So you figure we need about 35 wins to lock up this division. Yeah, and hopefully. and also, two. I know two of those road games are in DC. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if I'll count those as road games, just because of how the Orioles have played there in the past and the way that the fans, you know. Go there. We'll probably have more fans there for a uh, for a game than than we will at Camden Yards. Right, and, for, and for one of these games. Yeah, and unless Detroit or Houston really picks up steam, you're looking at the playoffs coming all AL East. Yeah, which which brings back that whole discussion of the AL East being the toughest division, uh, where uh, people like to like to say it's not, but when it comes down. There's close to. Close races in that division every year. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, you know, I obviously kind of stopped paying attention towards the end of last year. I'm not sure how much the the Blue Jays won the division by. Um, but I mean, yeah, I don't think we're going to see a team run away like the Orioles did in 2014, where they no. won by. Was that like ten? It was like ten games, ten and a half games. It was something. It I was. Thought it was like six. Or oh, something. was it? It, it may know. have been. But I don't think we're going to see you know that no. that much margin in between the winners. No, we might not. Place. We might not clinch until the last couple days of the season. Yeah. I, I yeah that what did they clinch like two weeks before or something like that yeah they had a lot of time that that was that was awesome that was perfect all right let's get to a little three up three down with the two of us it's now time for three up and three down all right so this is the little uh, this little game we play where we say what we have a positive and a negative obviously there's not three of us this week it's just Eric and I. With Matt and Bert still gone, they will be back on the 19th. So two weeks. we got some great guests next week. Next week we're going to have Chris from Stoner from BSL, Baltimore Sports and Life, and Glenn Clark from Glenn Clark Radio mm. will be joining us. And then the week after that, Matt and Bert will be back in the studio. Matt actually gets back from Africa on Monday or Tuesday. I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know that he was out. I kind of just noticed that he wasn't on Twitter. I, th- yeah. I was like, oh, is he, is he protesting something? Is he, did he get a new account? And then I think I read somewhere that he was in Africa. Yeah, he's in Tanzania teaching English. Wow. I got to text message him this morning to tell him about Brian Mattis' start in Chicago. That's awesome. And if you know, Matt has been leading the charge for the hashtag Mattis for starter. So he was a little disappointed when he got DFA'd, and it was very fun that he went to Chicago and then got blown out. Yeah. And DFA'd again. I agree. Man, he got DFA'd now, what, three times? 
something like that. We, yeah. No, we traded him. We didn't DFA him. We traded yeah, him. Yeah, he was traded, but Atlanta, then he was DFA'd. Atlanta DFA'd him, and now Chicago has DFA'd him. Yep. Yeah, that oh, sucks. Well. All right, so my positive for today, I'm gonna, I decided I'd mix in a little football because the Ravens had their first practice yesterday, but I don't care about football yet. All these people trying to hype up football now and the Ravens, that's great. It's practice. Get to me in September when the games mean something. Mm-hmm. I don't care about practice. I don't care if you who gets hurt now. If it's not a season ending. I don't care w- what Joe looks like in practice. What I care about is that the Ravens showed off that they went back to grass at M&T Bank. And I think that's a huge win. I think it, that, that playing on turf always sucks. It's it looks like it's always slick. It's never comfortable. You you gotta somehow get your shoes to grip in torn tires. It's never fun. I remember with Ray Lewis when he would do his dance, he would tear up the the grass from the ground, and then when they switched to turf, they'd bring out a little square of grass, <laughs> and that just sucks. So I'm excited that the Ravens have gone back to grass, and that's all I care about the Ravens. I get, yeah, I I did see that. I was at a wedding um, at. M&T Bank and I think it was the beginning of April and they hadn't put any of the grass down yet. So we it was were, dirt? It was, it was not even dirt. It was They were laying the piping underneath for like the drainage system. Um, so that was kind of cool to see. You know, I think I tweeted a picture and I said, well, this doesn't look too good. It doesn't look like they're ready to play yet. Um, but yeah, I saw the pictures. It looks good. I know people are mad that they took off that they're not going to have the Maryland flag that the, the, symbol. The shield, yeah, the, the shield. shield. Yeah. And I, I guess people are upset the, about that, but I get it. The shield's an older logo. Yeah, it's I mean, it looks time. it looks cool. It looks neat, but people need something to be angry about, and right. that's what they picked for today. Exactly, so, it's yeah. the internet. Exactly. Um, oh. Yeah. So my my uh, I guess positive is it better not be that Justin Tucker hit a sixty nine yard field goal because again, it's practice. It I don't was care. Not it was not. It is that the Orioles were able to make it through the trade deadline by keeping their not their you know big prospects because they obviously don't have many, but that they were able to keep their big name prospects. You know, uh, uh, yeah. Trey Mancini, Ch- Chance Cisco, and uh, Christian Walker, guys like that. Really, you're keeping you're I, still keeping Christian Walker as a top prospect. I, hey, he's playing down there. He's he's hitting he, well. Isn't he a bust? I, I mean, we don't want to tell other teams because we want to trade him, but I don't know if he's a bust. We've um, had holes in our outfield. He could have came up. Yeah, he see that that's tough for him because he's still very new to you know the position. I get he's obviously not playing outfield. Yeah, that's that's a good point. He's you know he's looked better as of late. I don't. I guess Christian Walker doesn't have the arm that Trumbo has because Trumbo's shown it off a few times, but he does not look pretty out there fielding fly balls. Um, No, I just thought it was cool, or you know, I thought it was I thought it was good that they could keep Mancini and Cisco and guys like that. it stinks that they had to, you know, ship someone out, Miranda and, and uh, Jonah Heim. But um, it's, you know, the, I think that core, you know, Man- Mancini, I think, can definitely help the team in the next few years. Um, and same thing with Cisco. Like we said, if they can find a spot for him, you know, that would be awesome and kind of, you know, glue him into this lineup somewhere in the future. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, especially when I, th- I think I would say even more of a positive is the fact that we were able to use our farm system to bring in two guys. Yeah, we're, we're not well, overpaying for Wade right, Miley with right. cash. Exactly. Where. When we have a, a poor farm system, we were still able to use it, even though we've been using it every year. Duquette's made a move every year he's been here. Yeah. Yeah, they were able to trade two guys from a weak farm system and get two major league players. Yeah, two That's, guys that are going to make two, an impact Two guys are going to contri- yeah, contribute tomorrow and Thursday when they play. So 
Okay, yeah. yeah, I like that. My, my negative for this week is trading Jonah Heim. Not because I don't like the trade. I think it's a great trade for getting Steve Pierce. I think adding Steve Pierce is a great addition. But just because it made me realize that trades are real people and not baseball cards or, or players in a video game. That they're, that they're people with families. And I'm excited for Jonah, and I'll uh, be watching what he does down there. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I kind of, you know, I texted Trey when I heard that, Trey Mancini, when I heard that the um, that the O's got Miley, and it wasn't announced who they traded yet, and I te- just texted him and said, tell me you're still an Oriole. And he said, as far as I know, yes. Yeah, so. Right, because he got hurt, what, last week? Who? Didn't Trey, like, injure his hand? Or oh, something? I'm not sure. I don't I know. Think, I think he... His, he got pulled out in mid-game, and they didn't really advertise why he was oh, pulled wow. out, so everyone assumed trade. And, and oh, I, just, yeah, I didn't know that. It was just arm he shortness just, or something. Oh, good. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. so I, I kind of see where you're coming from there. So. All right, what's your negative for this week? My negative has been that the Red Sox are finding their late-game you know, heroics. And I know, I know I just said Dustin, a few minutes Dustin ago. Pedroia. Yeah, Dustin Pedroia the other night. Mookie Betts last night, you know, I'm going to bed. And I see that you know the Seattle's winning, and Steve Ciszek, like he gave it up uh, Sunday night against the Cubs, just laid one right over the middle to Mookie Betts, because I mean those are, those are two games that the Orioles need, and I just the last thing I need is for the Red Sox to you know suddenly catch fire and find that winning way, and yep. I I will not be happy if if I see a you know Poppy playing in October. The only thing I want to see him playing is golf. I I don't I, understand Poppy. Uh, th- he's he's on steroids this year, right? 100%, and, and we're just, 100%. We're just all looking the other way on Poppy, right? Mm-hmm. He has right. nothing He has nothing to lose if he gets caught. Right. He goes, oh, you know, I'm retired anyway. Whatever, I'm done. Right. I'm going to take collect all my gifts people are giving me, right. and he, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm leave it. He's not getting into the Hall of Fame either way. Because, I don't think so. No, because he's, he's been on a steroid list years ago. He also plays half the game. Right. He's, he's, he's he, not the greatest DH. No. No, so, I, don't, I don't think But, yeah, so. he's totally on steroids, and we're just praising him as I've never seen an old man <laughs> turn his season around and have the best career when he's 100 years old. Yeah, I've no, There's yeah. a reason we've never seen that. Exactly. Every time they say there's only been one person past age 40 to, to um, you know, to put up these numbers, it's Barry Bonds. Oh, right. What do you uh, yeah, find? The, what's the common denominator exactly, there? Exactly. There's something going on, so whatever, you know. I. I, I still I just love that he hates that people talk about it when he did test positive in that yeah, well, that article spo- from you again, know, 2005. Again, we're supposed to pretend like that never happened. Yeah, and we're just supposed to pretend that he just started hitting the ball well. Yeah, but but don't worry because Red Sox fans will be the first people to tell you that Chris Davis tested positive for steroids I, when Adderall or, or when clearly Adderall. isn't a steroid. Right, but, but I, hey, what can you do? I do not understand the love for Poppy. I don't either. And if, if this was happening in in the in the late 1990s, sure, of course that would be normal. You know, Mark McGuire was doing it. I just wa- I was watching YouTube highlights the other night yeah. of him hitting 70 home runs in a season, and that's and you know, and that people thought that was normal. 40 year old hitting like this and playing like this is not normal. No, it's not normal. Not is even this, close. Is his love for uh, by the Boston fan base? Did it come from that whole from the Boston Marathon and him grabbing the mic and saying dropping the f bomb? This, this is RF and City. It could have been. And I mean, he's because if you do that in Baltimore, you're go- everyone's going to attach and say, "Look, he loves Baltimore. We're, yeah. He's now our favorite guy." Um, I'm not. I mean, I hate to say it. The guy's been huge in the playoffs for them when they need it. You know, he had yeah. that grand slam against the Tigers a few years back, and I mean, he's he's always played well in their their comeback series and stuff like that. So that's obviously grown his you know folklore down or up in Boston. But I don't know. I'm I'm not too happy about it, but. We'll see how it ends up. Yeah, let's do a little ball bag to before we get out of here. 
You're just a ball bag, ball bag, ball bag, a ball bag, my friend. Hey, ball bag, how you doing? What's your name again? It's ball bag, like posh. All right, so ball bag's where I kind of put in some some topics that uh, we might not get to, but earlier in the. Uh, in the show and gives us a chance to kind of come back around in in no, in no order. So what I've got in there first is Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy, uh, now counting tonight's start, has had two unbelievable starts. Do you – you can't pull a guy when he's having a perfect game, right? But it, but but uh, – I, I, I think if a guy's had, in, had arm and, and shoulder and elbow history, like – sorry, like Bundy, I think you can. See, I, I don't. He's not. You know, he's not getting close to 100 pitches tonight, and he I, shouldn't. No, no. I guess I, I lean more towards the side that that I don't think there's enough stats to say. Oh well, if you throw 80 pitches instead of 70, you're going to get hurt or if overuse. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt either way. Yeah. Whether you're you're on it or not. I, I also think. That, I mean, Buck's the guy trying. He's going. He's trying to get a team win. You know. He's. I'm sure he would love a Dylan Bundy, you know, complete game. But if that if that doesn't put them in in a good position to win, I don't think he's going to go ahead and do it for the team. Yeah, and 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 definitely one run is not enough. You're, even though uh, even though your your Bundy's pitching perfect, you've got to score more than one run. Oh, especially against these guys. It's definitely been a struggle that our bats haven't shown up yet. I agree. All right. So this weekend, Friday, starts the Olympics in Rio. Do you care about the Olympics? I I just want to watch how bad they are. Like you know, I'm I I heard a few. So weeks you follow ago, more of the storyline of how bad Rio is. I watch the, ba- the buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watch the basketball. Like you know, I'm a basketball fan, so I'll watch that. But I mean, I I guess I'll watch Phelps swim too. He's always fun and entertaining. But I mean, I don't, you know, I don't you care about watch, any of the other stuff. You want to watch the sailboat races in poop-filled water? No, no, I, I'll, I'll catch those highlights on Sports Center or something. But no, I mean, it's, it's just with all the stories coming out now. It seems like it's, it's terrible down there. I don't understand why you would ever have the Olympics anywhere except for London, the U.S., maybe China. Yeah. Why would you go to any of these small countries? I know it brings in a bunch of money. You build a stadium that'll never get used again. Yeah, there and you build everything shoddy. There yeah, there's been a few documentaries on how people think the Olympics coming to their city and their place is great for, you know, for the economy, but it's terrible. It's like, you know, I just remember in Sochi when they did the rush the um, Winter Olympics, they were like you know, there was videos of them like t- picking up all the homeless dogs and cats and like shipping them out of town and stuff like that. That's the stuff that people don't see, and it's a, it's terrible for the economy and and the places because then you have these huge arenas and events or and buildings that never get used again. Like you said, yeah. they turn into big homeless shelters pretty much. Right. Well, if you do it in Europe or in America, at least the, the they're still being used. Yeah, but like sports. why? Like that? You know, why does China need a, a building that holds ten Olympic size swimming pools? Like, right. What right. are those ever going to get used for again? Sure. So, but I agree with you. If you're going to have it, have it in your, have it somewhere in a, in a Europe country that's developed, and or have it in America. These, you know, these places, Rio. It's it's going to be it's going to be a disaster, and I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. Well, they they, I mean, I don't know. We we I don't know how much we'll now see as it being a disaster. We always we kept being told Russia would be a disaster, mm-hmm. and it worked out fine. Yeah. Uh, 
I keep hearing talk about how they want to bring it to Washington, D.C. Oh. That sounds like a nightmare. Absolutely. And I think I will just go away for three weeks. The the um, the Metro breaks during a Nats and, or a Caps playoff game. Right. How are they going to get 100,000, you know, you got to think how many people are coming exactly. in. Like you said, I'll, yeah, I'll leave my house if someone wants to rent it for those three yeah. weeks. Come I'm on gone. In. I'm gone if that ever happens. Absolutely. All right. Let's, uh, let's see if the intern mic is working now. I feel bad whenever I have Dan come and fill in. I always screw up his mic. So is your mic working in there? It's not, is it? So, Dan, just come on in here. Come on into the studio and we'll take care of you. Because I... Use uh use Eric's mic, and if you can just give us your little update, uh, corrections, all the type of stuff no one normally does. Well, I just sort like of. I just like to point out real quick. Have you ever met somebody who pays attention to the Olympic stars when it's not the Olympic season? I don't know. I think people here really praise Michael Phelps and his. I think he's about the only one girlfriend who used to be a boy. So when it comes to the Olympics, I think the only thing that matters is everybody has their sport that they like to watch, and that's all they do. They just watch the sport they like. What, what's they your, don't pay attention to everything else. What's your favorite summer sport, summer Olympic sport? My favorite to watch, personally, is the long-distance swimming. So when they swim, it's like, what, like a mile and a half, two miles, or something like that. I can't even imagine having to swim that far. So when you watch them with their uh, their speed difference yeah, from, the beginning, beginning to fast, you know, from the beginning to the end, oh, it's it's phenomenal. It's one of my one of my favorites to watch. I guess I, I I gotta go with the traditional uh, like fifty yard dash, just a straight running. Yeah, I mean it's always fun to watch Usain Bolt just absolutely right. you know just run do things that Americans people. cannot do. Yeah, he, he stops running at like sixty meters or whatever. Um, I'd say basketball probably is my favorite, just because I mean the last few years America has just just stomped on everyone, and it's fun. It's, oh, it's when you send a bunch of NBA players, exactly. Yeah, I think I read today. I think that they said there's 144 players playing in the Olympics um, all, for all the countries, and I think 71 or someone like that were are NBA players or have played in the NBA at some I, point. So I never understand that. I don't understand why basketball, hockey, why these mainstream sports are in the Olympics because if you're good enough to beat an, another team, you're going to work your way up to the NBA. You're gonna, there, there's, there's better basketball in the NBA than anything you'll see in the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, I know like your basketball in Europe has gotten a lot better. Um, I mean, there are, there are some guys who go and play over in Greece and and Italy and stuff like that, and they pass over um, NBA contracts to do that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm I'm almost not surprised that 100 percent of the players haven't played in the NBA at some point or or um you know or on a team now. See, for me, basketball is not so much <laughs> of the uh, of the Olympics sport watching because you look even back back in the 90s. United States has just dominated basketball ever since. Right, so the three team. So for me to watch basketball, I'd much rather you know prefer to watch WNBA <laughs> over the Olympics, just for that you know for that fact that it doesn't seem like real f- uh, basketball to me. But don't worry, uh, we all get to pretend we care about soccer. That's true. Two Isn't weeks. rugby making a uh, its first appearance in the Summer Olympics this year? No or has clue. That, has that nope. been tossed out? I don't care about the Olympics so much. Okay, well I'm failing on my job as an uh, intern here. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to present <laughs> questions. Anything else? So, uh, Josh, you're right with Bowling Green. It is in Kentucky. Good. That sounds like a horrible place. So that was a uh, yeah. That doesn't sound sound like a good place at all. Um, I just I think uh, is Wade Miley supposed to still pitch on Thursday night against the Rangers? Mm-hmm. That's what I saw. That's what I read. Today. Oh, I don't know. I saw Friday. So yeah, I think so. Buck, I think Buck said that he's projected to pitch on Thursday. So I think you know this is the last time that 
the Orioles are going to see the Rangers until playoffs. <laughs> so I think that Wade Miley coming with his first appearance with the Orioles and then also last game playing the Rangers, I think that's going to be a very big outing not only for Wade but also for the Orioles itself. So I think that Thursday night's game is very important and uh, be fun to watch what happens. Yeah, right now MLB.com has Gallardo starting. I can't see that happening. It's no, got to be Wade Miley. Yeah, I, th- I think I saw Rock or someone tweet that they did switch it up. Because um, I think Friday it was originally that was going to be um, it was um, it was going to be Killman. Miley. It was going to be Miley versus Miguel Gonzalez on Friday when they play the White Sox. Ooh, so. I forgot Miguel Gonzalez is coming back to town. He's, That'll yeah, be fun. Yeah, he's going to throw an absolute gem. I hope not. Probably hope, not, but hope with, we our, him around. Yeah, with, our, with our track record, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me. I'm going to the game on Wednesday and Thursday this week. I'll be there Wednesday. Yep, that'll be interesting to see how Galsman does tomorrow night against uh, against this Rangers uh, lineup. So, um, you know, good luck to him, but we'll see if he's up for the challenge. All right, thank you, Dan. Thanks for filling in for Noah. Like always, you do a better job than the world's worst intern. <laughs> Not that that's hard. World's best intern. He got a full-time job with some campaign now. some I think Democratic campaign, Senate, I don't know what he's doing. Saw him, he's really excited. There's his first hit, I think. Uh-huh. In the sixth inning. Yeah. Yeah. Five, K, five Ks, though. Yeah. That's all right. There's two outs. As long as he gets that, if he gets through this inning, yeah, it'll be very impressive. I mean, either way, he's impressive, and it's been fun to watch him start. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, like I said, he's taking some big steps, so good for him. I think I think Weeders is out there right now. Hey, come on, take it, take it. Take a deep breath, walk around the mound, because you know right. he doesn't want what happened to happen right. last last week. So. Yeah. No, yep. No home run. Let, let's just get out of this inning. Yep. I mean, don't, his, don't his, dwell on it. He hasn't had any deep pitch counts or anything. He's been doing very well this this game. Yeah. Very encouraging to see. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess what that's your starting. That he's forget about this year. Next year, he's your number one, number two guy. Hem Tillman, Galsman. Those are your top three. Absolutely. You need Bundy to perform well and stay healthy. All right. Thank you, Eric, from joining us. Again, people should go on the Twitter and follow you at BarstoolRDT. The letters R-D-T. And go ahead and head to Mothers or Section336.com and pick up your Trumbo Make Baltimore Great Again shirts. That's probably what I'll be wearing to the O's game tomorrow night. Uh, Eric, what's going on with Barstool and your podcasts and stuff? What's uh, up with all that? Kind of taking a hiatus from the podcast. We may pick that back up soon. Um, just a, li- a lot of busy stuff going on. But, um, I mean, you can just head over to BarstoolSports.com. You know, I'm covering the Orioles every week. Um, we got some guys covering the Nats. We have a, a whole baseball kind of site now. So we, we we're kind of covering everything. We don't care about the Nats. I don't care about them either. But if, if someone happens to be listening. Unless something and bad I, happens to Bryce Harper. I always enjoy those stories. Yeah, those are always fun. Um, but, uh, you know, if someone wants to pay attention to Little Brother and figure out how they're going to choke in the playoffs like they always do, then, you know, right. can head over there. But. Yeah, like I said, BarstoolSports.com. We have our, uh, you know, whole baseball site, so check it out. And you can go cheer you on in like two weeks at the Frederick Keys Media Game. Yeah, yeah, August thirteenth. It's a Saturday. I'll be out there. Uh, you know, hopefully, gonna try try and just play some base hits. I don't want to show anyone up and go yard or anything. So we'll, we'll see. It should be a fun time. All right, that is awesome. Thank you, Eric. Again, thanks for joining us. Next week we will have Chris from BSL and Glenn from Glenn Clark Radio, and then in two weeks. Matt and Bert will be back in studio from their travels. Head on over to section336.com and uh, check out the podcast. 
We don't blog anymore, but you should check out utahstreetreport.com for all your uh, article writing. Whenever we do get a chance to write, we get posts over there. You can find my, uh, you can find knee-jerk reactions that I participated in over there on both trades, as well as all the episodes of Section 336 and a bunch of other really good uh, Oriole write-ins from people who are way smarter than me over at utahstreetreport.com. Thanks for joining us, and I'll see you later. Let's go O's. Section 336 is a affiliate of 24-7 Networks. Find Section 336 on utahstreetreport.com.